Deion Sanders used to make fun of me all the time. He said, Rosie, you and John Smoltz are the guys who have the biggest asses of anybody I've either played or worked with. That's good company, dude. John Schmoltz got those pitcher quad things. This is coming from someone who is, I'm, I'm butt challenged. I have no butt. I go straight spine to butthole. I have no butt. So I'm like. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 156 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our friends over at Seat Geek. And today, literally taking a seat in his car, Tyler Glass now from the Tampa Bay Rays. Did I get you in the fast food drive through line? No, I just came out of the gym and I just got out of the sauna. So I'm sweating my beak off, just sitting in the parking lot, hanging out. I have a bunch of stuff I got to do too. And I'm after. Well, not really. So I'm just trying to like fill time. So I'm probably just going to drive around and go get my suitcase. I got to go to the grocery store. And then I got to go home and watch baseball. Are you still in Florida? Yeah. I'll be here for, I'll travel around. Like I'm going to New York next week. Uh, and then I'll go to Cabo on the 28th uh-huh. for Matt Duffy's bachelor party. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm really excited for that. And then right the week after is his wedding in Arizona. So I'll stay in Arizona for a bit and then come back and then go and then come back and I'll, I'll go to a bunch of different places. Wow. I'm not going to ask you where you guys are staying, but I imagine it's pretty sweet. It's just like a, a I don't even know like a, what area. It's just a, it's like a villa. I forgot where it's kind of by downtown. I don't think it's in like a, well, it's obviously in a gated community. I just don't know the name of it. Okay, let's just be careful. I've talked to you about Cabo no, before. No, yes, it's fine, dude. No, no, it is fun, but you have, please. <laughs> there are I times. I know. We'll be good. Who else is going? Uh, should I disclose it? Maybe I don't. Know. I'm sure no one would care. It's like Duffy Brasso's going. Um, I think Hicks is going if they're not in the World Series. Depends. There's some other, and I forgot uh, who else is going. I'm on a group chat with a bunch of people. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay. sure I'll see them. I just ha- don't have their numbers. All right. Because Hicks you... and Duffy are from like the same area too. I think they grew up together. Are you supposed to provide any of the entertainment? No, I don't think like as far as what like like adult entertainment. I don't think Duffy's <laughs> really that vibe. I don't. I don't want to do that to him. I think. I think his dad's coming too. Oh, God, the dads are the best, man. That's the best, yeah. My dad went to my brother's as well. It's fun. It's good oh, to have did? like a whole a mix of people. Yeah, he's my dad's more fun than me and my brother put together. So it was like, <laughs> it was fitting. How did, uh, how, how'd your pops do? Do you think you were more embarrassed to have your dad at a bachelor party, or do you think he was more embarrassed to be there? It's. I think, like, generally, it'd be weird, but my, everyone who knows my dad's like, of course your dad's coming mm. to the bachelor party. And then my dad's like, of course I'm coming to the bachelor party. I, I think he asked, he's like, you sure you want me to come? I was like, yes, I do. I would like uh-huh. you to come. Carly's dad came, too, and he's, like, the funnest person ever. So it was, if they were dweebs, I think I wouldn't have invited them. But they're both, like, a very, very good time. So yeah. it was, it was, they fit right in. And for people that haven't followed the story completely, uh, Tyler's brother is Ted, and Ted's wife is Carly. Yeah. So Carly's yes. dad is now Ted's yeah. father-in-law. So that's how we're just all going to piece it together. What? So yeah. you said you've got some other travels. Are you going uh, anywhere else internationally? Because I know you love to travel. I think we're thinking about, I definitely will at some point. I think like the 22nd, like December 22nd to like January 4th, I think we're going to go to Europe. Maybe like, maybe Portugal, Amsterdam, Paris, maybe Sweden, or do like London, Paris, Italy. I don't, I don't know though. It's two weeks, so I'll try and figure. So I want to go to Portugal pretty bad. So I think we'll fly into Lisbon and then go like from there. 
I forget. I mean, I know you've traveled extensively. Have you been to all those places before? I've never been to Portugal until I want to go. I've been to Paris, been to Amsterdam. No, I've never been to Switzerland. I haven't been to London. Uh, but I've been like, and I've been to like Copenhagen and those places. But I'm trying to go to all the spots that I haven't hit. But a lot of times the flights kind of work out like you go to Paris and then I kind of want to take the train around. So we're still, it's an open plan. We're, we'll figure it out at some point. Yeah. You know what? Like emotionally, I could totally see you staying in a hostel. But I did that you, when I went to Europe a couple years ago. I was going to say, but now that you just upped the ante with the contract <laughs> extension, we want nothing to do with that, please. Yeah. No, I won't, I won't do any hostels. It's too, it's dangerous. It's scary. That's how you see that the, movie? No, I, 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 couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to, to see it because it would scare the hell out of me. It's tacky. It's old and you like... When you when I remember it first came out, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's that's scary. And then I saw it recently, like <laughs> a year or two ago, and I was like, that's not a good movie. <laughs> it's just like not it. Oh my goodness, that's great. All right. Um, I know you would much rather be preparing to face the New York Yankees in the divisional round, mm-hmm. but it has been such a long journey for you. It was great to see you back. You made three starts, two coming in Cleveland. Uh, one at Fenway. The second one in Cleveland was in game two of the wild card round, and you were utterly fantastic. Um, how excited were you to be out there? It was awesome. It was really cool that I think early on, I'd answered this before, like people are asking. I think it was, I don't know. In my mind early, it was like, I'm not coming back this year. There's no chance. And I think as I progressed, I felt good. And I got on the mountain my first bullpen and was like accidentally throwing 93 it was like, a chance i could come back <laughs> i thought i was throwing like nothing and it was 93 and my arm felt fine and so i was like, okay i think i'm a little ahead of where i maybe like thought i would be and then i just kept building up and like i was like three bullpens in and i was hitting like 97 and so i was like hey there's a chance and i think they early on were like looks pretty sharp like i was always in the strike zone it felt good my secondary stuff took a bit longer um but I think once that became, it was like kind of a real thing, and then it was in my mind. I feel like I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to come back. And it was always very vague about it because I didn't. I was trying to like leave room for like maybe there was a setback or something. But I think after the first couple of bullpens, I was like, I knew I kind of knew I was coming back. The I don't know if I answered your question. It did. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It did. <laughs> right, um, <laughs> the announcers, I, I thought were they were amazed because I listened to all three of your starts, and they were like you have to remember like he's still coming back. He's still rehabbing essentially at the mm-hmm. major league level and he's getting the best hitters in the world out and with the pressure of a wild card game, you know, on top of it all. How much did you surprise yourself? Listen, I don't want to sound cocky, but I did it. Like I just I I didn't expect to like come in and do bad. I think if that was my mindset, I'd been like maybe I'll wait till next year. I think the way how sharp I felt, I think before I got hurt last year, Something happened with me physically and mentally or whatever where, like, I feel like I finally put it all together. And I feel like mechanically, I knew, I was like, I know exactly what I need to do to be good. And ever since, like, before that point, it was always, like, tinkering. And I'll still tinker, but it was, I never had, like, a very true baseline. I never got to the point where I can trust my stuff. I was always kind of like, okay, today I feel like I'm drifting. Maybe I should kind of lower my, like, all that, the different adjustments you have to make. And then I finally got to the point. Where I was like, okay, I know what I need to do, even when I feel bad. Like, I can go back to this, and this will always work. Uh, and then I felt like when I started throwing, I picked up right where I left off. Uh, and then, like, as I started doing my my rehab stuff and going 
against live hitters. I had like figured something else to where it was like, I doubled down of like, this is exactly what I know I need to do to be good. And even when I wasn't like super duper sharp, it was always in the zone and always competitive metric wise compared to like the average or like a little bit. So it was like, okay, even if I'm not stellar, I'm still above average. So let's, I might as well just do this. And I think as my stuff got like sharper and as I got to playing more games, my metrics just kept, like continued to climb and climb and climb. And then I stopped thinking about it and it was just game time. And I think I, I really did not feel any part of my brain was like, okay, I'm rehabbing part. Like it was the same exact feelings of what I was in the postseason in 19 and 20, but just a little less nervous because I'd done it a, a couple of times. And I think with knowing that I had like all those things solidified, it made it less nerve wracking for me because most of my energy would be spent on like trying to figure out how to like where to put my body to throw strikes. And that was kind of eliminated now. For me to where it was like now i just go compete and think about game plan chris rose rotation presented to you by a friends over at win reality that is the vr baseball training application it's available on metaquest 2 and it gives players access to unlimited game speed reps no matter where you are now one of the tough things about baseball is like how do i get better i don't want to hire uh, a hitting coach i don't have a friend that throws 88 with movement that's where Win Reality can help you out because it has a library that consists of 600 plus pitchers from 8U all the way up to the major leagues. You get to work on the release, the spin, the speed, so hitters get a chance to study every pitch they hit in real game time. Uh, Win Reality also gives players of all levels a variety of workouts. They're focused on pitch recognition, timing, decision making. So who's using this thing? A majority of the MLB teams, including Paul Goldschmidt, had a pretty good season. Might walk away with the NL MVP. You got a lot of colleges across the nation, hundreds of them, that are investing in this platform as well. So hitters love it. Coaches love it. Parents love it because I'm a parent. I love watching little Brady always improve. He uses win reality. He's going to get even better. It is a revolutionary tool that improves hitting in the real game of baseball, in-season, off-season, no matter where you go. And you can use your own bat at the very same time. So here's what I need you to do. Winreality.com slash Rose. Sign up today. Improve your game. And who knows, maybe I'll be talking to you here on the Rose Rotation. So you ended up pitching what ended up being the final game of the season for the Rays, right? You went, I believe, the first five innings of a game that was 0-0 into the 15th inning. When you came out of the game, how nerve-wracking was it for you just to be a fan in the dugout? There's, like, two sides to it. Because when you're done pitching, like, whether a pitcher's going to relieve it or believe or admit it or not, it's, like, there's a huge wave of relief. It's, like, I am no longer in control of fucking this game up. So, like, that step <laughs> one was great. I got in, went five innings. I felt like I could go longer. I knew I wasn't going to. That would be stupid. Uh, I got out of the game. I felt sharp. I was like, so one side of me was very much like, all right, cool. I did it. Like we're in a spot. It's zero, zero. I gave my team a chance to win five innings. Nice way to go. And the other side of it, like I remember sitting next to McClanahan too. And like, like the more innings that go by, the more uh, it's like when you're driving with a psycho and you're in the passenger seat and they're not driving, you know, and you're like, Oh, you want to take control and you can't, that starts to creep in. And I was sitting next to McClanahan all game and he was just like, dude, I'm going to throw up. Like he's so like handled it so well to pitch. Like, didn't phase him at all. It was great. And he was just sitting in the dugout. We were like pacing back and forth in the clubhouse. It was that. And then it started to like, 
kind of unfold into this like oh shit and i like forgot i pitched it took so long so it was like everyone was like you pitched today like it seems like that was forever ago so it was like a five-hour game when the season ends i mean at the end of the day there's only one team that's throwing its mitts in the air and jumping like they just you know won something in little league but when it's that sudden in a walk-off variety like when oscar gonzalez swings that bat are you like immediately walking into the tunnel are you one of those guys that watches the team celebrate oh i'm i'm out i'm like all right we lose and i leave (laughs) like i'm not i'm gonna just sit there for what like watch them get all happy i don't know i just don't i don't know if that would make me feel bad i don't think it'd make me feel anything i think it's like okay job's done we're going inside and it sucks but it's i'm a a big like rip the bandit off go inside sit down do what you got to do and then say all your goodbyes and that's a feeling that uh i've done more than i'd like to (laughs) What are the goodbyes like? Because there's guys that have been in that clubhouse for a long time that you know aren't coming back. Right. Um, they're always very sad in the sense of, like you said, you don't know if you're going to see anyone. I think there's a, like certain people, whether anyone will admit it or not, like you can, maybe you can't tell, but there's definitely some guys that are like, re- like very relieved or just like maybe we're, we're kind of checked out towards the end of the season or maybe don't like, have a solidified spot kind of like you can tell there's and this is on any team and i just don't think people talk about this it's like okay season's over like it sucks in the moment but it's like you get this the, the there's a little party that's like okay i don't have to stress about this shit anymore and i think for me it was very much like what the fuck like i was angry like i was like it just seemed like i started and i and i was like getting going and then i was like what like now i don't what's the what the fuck like i had three starts like that was really hard for me to to just be like, hey, I guess I'm done. Like, I wanted to go, like, something. I don't know, go play winter ball. Or, like, I just didn't want to stop pitching. Um, but I think looking around and, like, seeing people that, like, are genuinely, like, very upset also sucks a lot. But it's a mixed bag of emotions. I think everyone will tell you uh, they're, like, upset. But you can really, really see it on people. And when you see it on people who are genuine, like, put their all into it all season long and, and like, feel like they came up short or didn't contribute or something – that's the worst feeling you can like really empathize with them and like you're in the same boat and you just it's it sucks and then you have to go home and watch <laughs> it sucks did you say anything to Corey kluber no I, I gave him a hug and just said like great season like it was an awesome time being with him because it was he was like such a good presence in our clubhouse we don't have a bunch of veterans and he was so good for like all of our young pitchers and like me included in raz and mclanahan and springs and he really was kind of like the glue and he's just father, father Kluber, you know, and like, uh, I just gave him a hug and said, like, you did great. And Corey's not a very, like, he's not going to, I'm I'm obviously he feels bad. That's a weird situation for him being from Cleveland, pitching all those years and then having that happen. But I think you kind of have to be able to zoom out. I don't know what he feel is like feeling internally, but for me, if you zoom out, it's like, dude, you don't, you haven't pitched in the bullpen since 2011. You came in, you did well. You gave one pitch, he had, first pitch, I believe, right, of the at-bat. I think it was the second. He hit, second pitch. Yeah, he got a slider. He did not get a good call on the first one, and he had to move yeah, it back inside right. a little. It's like, well, how, how you can't blame yourself. And I, he's a competitor, and I know it's like he it didn't feel good. But for me, it's like, dude, what you, you can't. <laughs> it's your 15th inning game, like two innings. What, do you, what can you do? Like, it's just you kind of have to move on. And I don't know how he feels internally, but I just I appreciate everything he's done for the team. And I, I'm sure he's upset, but he's pretty. he's a pretty stoic dude, you know? Well, I just want to say this, and I tweeted it out. It, obviously, listen, I was super excited. I was jumping around, screaming, 
watching with my youngest son and, you know, but I tweeted out afterward that I felt so terribly that it came off of that dude because he has meant yeah. so much to my team yeah. and what he did in 2016, <laughs> you probably don't even remember this, but our rotation at that time was decimated. Carrasco right before the end of the uh, regular season took a line drive and like broke a bone in his wrist or something. Bauer had the drone incident. So we were down to three oh, yeah. starting pitchers essentially. Yeah. So Kluber was pitching like short rest constantly yeah. ran out of gas against the Cubs in the world series. And I mean, look what he did. He won two freaking Cy Young awards, gave us some of the greatest performances we've ever seen. And I just felt terribly for him. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it is tough. Yeah. Did you, um, did you go up to Kiermaier at all? Because I mean, he's a guy who's been with this organization since he was drafted and he knows that this is essentially it for him there. Yeah. We'll always like chat about that stuff. And, like every time I see him in the dugout and he was there and like I obviously gave him a hug goodbye, but he's in Tampa, I'm in Tampa. I'll probably see him at some point this offseason. I hope I mean I don't, I know they gave him a farewell and stuff, but in my mind I'm like, sign him back. What are we doing? Like I don't I don't know like what is I don't I'm sure I don't know financially what the he's gonna make money somewhere else. I don't know where that, but in my mind, until he signs somewhere else, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's still hope for him to come back because he's a really big to the clubhouse. He's an awesome dude. Um yeah, we'll talk in the off season. We'll text. So I'm sure I'll meet up with him and stuff. Okay. What? Um, I'm curious. I, you know, I know that you pop in and out of the playoffs. Uh, now in the off season, we had the Joe Musgrove incident the other day, where they yeah. were rubbing down his ears. Would you ever let an umpire touch your ears? I don't know if I have a choice. Then I think if you say no, it's like you look guilty. But I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? And the umpire would be like, yeah, this is dumb. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like in the situation, he's just doing what he's told. I think that was a bit strange. Like, that just looks weird. Like, you're not going to find anything. And like, I don't know. It's just, it was a weird managerial decision in my mind. It seemed a bit strange. Like, you're just kind of desperate. Um, Joe handled it well. And he took, he looked very stoked when it first happened too. He was just like, all right, whatever. And I think as like he, he got going and he like did the fucking Kenny Powers thing. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I watch it. And I know Joe obviously from Pittsburgh. And I, I like kind of had a feeling he was like, what is going on? And I think ever that moment I was like, all right, game's over. He's not going to pitch bad now. I think it was just, you just ruffled his feathers. Like, and it's just embarrassing too. Like if you know, you have to know for certain. It's just, I don't. I don't know. It just seems well, dumb. I think there has to be, if you go out there and check and there's nothing, then like what, what happens to the manager? And you just do that all the time. That's the problem. There's no repercussions. There's it's, yeah. it's a no lose situation. I say at minimum, you lose a challenge and yeah. Yeah. because now everybody's going to think, and there have been some in the media, including people that I consider friends who have called Joe Musgrove a cheater and it's, I think it's so unfair. If they go out and they check you and they can't find anything, just because they checked you doesn't mean that you cheated. Right. Yeah, it's dumb. Off. That's what I think. That's what, like, where the frustration comes from. It's like it's you put him in a, in a kind of a lose-lose, like, like an embarrassing situation. There's always going to be two sides of some people are going to believe it, some people aren't. And I think if you're a Mets fan, you're already just, like, biasly, like, cheater! Like, we didn't lose. <laughs> Joe cheated. So it's just like, you know, are not... There's no logic behind it. It's just that, and that, that's why I feel bad for Joe. But he's like, if there's anyone who can just be like, whatever, it's Joe. But at the same time, it's just kind of, it's messed up to me. It's like, you don't, like you said, there has to, I think like a minimum of losing a challenge is probably good. 
I think that's a, a, a nice little something. Little, yeah, but a little something. Annoying. Yeah. A little parting gift. Good evening, afternoon, or good night, whenever you're listening to this podcast. It is an urgent message from DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swings at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and we're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. And new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You're going to want to get into this. This week, Thursday Night Football, Commanders are playing the Bears. Montgomery's scoring a touchdown for the Bears. Fields, get him a rushing touchdown. He's scoring a rushing touchdown for the Bears. Take the Bears minus one. That's it. Three great picks right there and use it with the stepped-up same-game parlay. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on a step-up same-game parlay once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code ROSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. She's show notes for details. Now back to the show. A couple other things that can get you back on your way. Um... <laughs> A lot of people think that Aaron Judge is going to run away with the MVP in part because some people say, well, Shohei, we, what are we going to do? Give it to him every year? What would you do based on what give we've seen? Judge. You would give it to Judge? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd give it to Judge. See, okay. This is interesting. I was talking to Q about this as well. I think when you frame the question of like, who's the most, that's what's weird. I just said that. Now I'm, I'm backtracking. But it's like, who would you rather have on your team, Shohei Otani or Aaron Judge? Shohei Otani. I'd rather have I'd rather have a guy who can do both. But the season that he that Judge has put together, I don't know, man. Like I think as far as value goes in one year, that year, like I, I, I think Judge has to get it. And I don't even know if it's gonna be close. And it should, but I don't know. I'm gonna make one point. All right. The year that Shohei Otani had at the plate is essentially what Mookie Betts did. Yeah. The year that Shohei Otani had on the mound is essentially what Corbin Burns had last year when he won the Cy Young. Yeah. But then what about this year? Aaron Judge had 62 home runs, 311 with 100-something. Like, I, I, I get it, but and wouldn't the... you like to have either Mookie <laughs> Betts or Corbin Burns on your team? Yeah, and what if you could have them in one package? I know. That's it's hard, and I guess too. I like am leaning towards Judge just because like the history and it just doing it in Yankee Stadium. I think you have to consider that as well. Like Shohei's doing it, he would do it on any team, but doing it for the Angels is just a losing team. Judge is doing it, trying to break a record while in a postseason team. While that adds some mustard, that adds a little something onto it, I think. But that's a really good point. I don't know how to, and I'm glad I don't have to vote. So. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just always curious since you guys play Who, against them. Since right. Who's, uh, I think, and I'm maybe biased. I wouldn't let this like sway my, my voting, but like, he's so awesome. I love him. I played with him in the fall. He's such a phenomenal human. I'm, and Shohei looks like a great dude too, but I, I love judge Judge is an awesome dude. So that's not how you should vote, but I think 62 home runs, 311 with however many RBIs and great defense. I don't know. I think you kind of have to give it to him. Who has a higher war altogether? Judge. 
Well, but here's the thing. Shohei gets penalized because he's a DH. They, they, yeah, you're right. And I guess if that's the way you well, want to create war, I mean, uh, then yeah, penalize a guy because he doesn't play the field, but he freaking pitches. So it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's just hard. But you're also adding the season of pitching with the, the season yes, of being a DH. Yes. So that's, I mean, he could go play defense. I think that wouldn't be a good idea, but like at the same time, <laughs> he got his war from pitching. He got his war from being a DH. So if it doesn't equal whatever, and that's not like the end all be all of finding value, but it's pretty, it's a pretty good measurement. I'd say. Um, do you have any interest in pitching in the world baseball classic? Yeah, I don't think I'll, I will. I don't think they're going to let me, but I'm going to like a limited pitch count. So essentially I'd be going there and wasting my innings, not wasting. It's great and all, but like, I want to win a world series. I want to like win and be in like, I, I feel like I'm, I was signed to the Rays to play for the Rays. And if I'm on a limited pitch count, I think I'm limiting, say I can throw however many, I don't know how much I'm going to throw next year, but hypothetically like 140. Can't I gonna go for twenty innings in the World Baseball Classic? Then that takes away from the innings I can throw in season and in the postseason. So I would absolutely love to. I saw Mark DeRosa in an airport going to a AAA game, and I waved to him. And we talked for a little bit, and like I we like kind of talked about it a little bit, and it would be awesome. But I don't. I just don't think it'd be like a very like logical decision as far as like health goes. I think I could handle it, but I think at the same time it just looks a little a little weird. Maybe in four years I'll, I'll do it, but I just don't think the Rays would. I don't even think they'd tell me not to. I just think it'd be like, I don't know. I'd feel weird if I even asked. You're a good company, man. There you go. I think just because it's the Rays. I think if this is another organization or something, I'd be like, fine, I'm going to the World Baseball Classic. You love them, though. The Rays? Yes. Everyone loves it. If you play for the Rays, you love the Rays. That's typically how it goes. I really don't know anyone who played there and been like, I don't like it here. Like, they do a very good job of, making players feel that way. So I do feel that like, you know, like I want to do this for you and for the team. And I, but if I was at a place, I wasn't happy. I'd be like, sign me up. I love that. I love that. Uh, <laughs> are you coming out to visit Ted and Carly at all in Santa Barbara or no? Yeah. So they're going to Matt's wedding as well. And that's on the fifth or something, fifth or sixth, sixth, I think of November. And then I'll go Thanksgiving. We're doing in Santa Barbara. Huh? I'll be there from like the 23rd to 26th. We're going to do it at their house. So I'll probably go before, hang out with them, and then stay a bit after. Or in maybe San- go down to, yeah, in Santa Barbara. So maybe we'll go to L.A. or something after if you guys will be in town. Look at that. I mean, we have to make this happen. I think you're the, uh, no, I don't think I've met Trevor May in person. Maybe I did. I think you're the only one maybe I haven't seen in person, right? We haven't seen each other in person. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Do you, you think I'm short or do you, Thanksgiving? Are do you, you think I'm short? Or t- do you think I'm short or tall? Uh, I would assume you're like, I'm gonna say like five eleven, five ten. Are you taller than that? I'm six feet. Oh, all right. Well, then there you go. Yeah, it's good big height. ass though. You'll see me waddling from a ways away. <laughs> nice. So you should ask be... me that. Do you think I have a big ass or a small ass? I'd well, say can... medium, medium, small butt. No, huge badonka donk. Huge ass. Huge. Oh nice. yeah. It is, uh, Deion Sanders used to make fun of me all the time. He said, Rosie, you and John Smoltz are the guys who have the biggest asses of anybody I've either played or worked with. <laughs> That's good company, dude. John Smoltz got those pitcher quad things. This is coming from someone who is, I'm, I'm butt challenged. I have no butt. I go straight spine to butthole. I have no butt. So, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I get a little like, wow, you're lucky. You have a butt. You know, I get made fun of all the time. All my friends keep me honest. They're like, oh. dude. What the fuck? Like, what is, 
It's bad. I do all my glute raises, everything. Doesn't work. Doesn't matter. Really? It's just a Nothing. little no butt. Flat. And Greg ass? too. Greg's got no butt. He's got a pair of butt. It's the same thing. It's just a genetic thing. No one in our family has a butt except for Ted. Ted's got a donk. He's got from like squatting or ungenetically. I don't I don't know. But Ted's got Ted's got like runner legs. Sprinter legs. <laughs> what a great way to end this. Um, (laughs) travel safely over the next several weeks and let's catch up at some point in the off season. I know people love hearing from you because you're just, dude, you've got it all dialed in, man. You really do. Thank you. I'm happy for you. It was great watching. And I just want to let you know, it was painful watching game two. It really, it was hard for me. Like when I found out you were starting, I was like, oh yeah. People (laughs) were like, shut up. You uh, love Boog, it. They're so, so glad they won. I am. I am. I'm thrilled. But Boog <laughs> Shambi, who called the called the game for ESPN, actually asked during the that. broadcast. He said, yeah. you know, he and Hedge, you and Hedges were going against each other. He goes, I wonder yeah. who he's rooting for. And so I texted him during the broadcast. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Even class yeah. now knows who I'm rooting for. Yeah, come on. You got to stay loyal. Yeah. So yeah. don't take it personally. That's all. I don't. I all don't. Right. I, w- I, would, I would take it personally. Or I'd be offended if you said, like, well, you know, no, you got to stick with your hometown team. I've yeah. known you for how many years? You've been a hometown fan for a lot of years. Your loyalty lies there. Yeah. And it should never change. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen, go have fun, uh, whether it's overseas or at Duffy's bachelor party or Duffy's wedding or whatever. And when you come out here for um, or to L.A. in uh, in Thanksgiving, let's uh, finally have the meeting in person. Let's break. Yeah, we will. Yeah, let me know what you're going to be doing for Thanksgiving or whatever. We'll come down to L.A. I appreciate it, brother. It's it's great seeing you. Special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Chiracco. For Tyler Glass now, live from his car, I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation of Production. Whoa! Hey! You didn't drive off the road. You okay? No, I'm good. I'm parked. It just, it was between the wheel. We're fine, guys. Everything's good. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to the Rose Rotation of Production of John Boy Media.